Podcast. Third degree, the third degree net podcast. Third degree, the third degree net podcast. Third degree, the third degree net podcast. Third degree the podcast is brought to you by Soccer90.com. They're your ultimate destination for FC Dallas gear, North Texas Soccer Club, Euro gear. They got all the stuff. Really going to see La Liga. I mean, everything you can want, they got it. Listeners of Third Degree get the podcast. Get 20% off your order when you use the code Third Degree at checkout. 3-R-D-D-E-G-R-E-E at checkout. Soccer90.com. Some exclusions do apply. Well, hello there, FC Dallas Curious fan. Welcome to a very special episode of Third Degree, the podcast. You'll remember this one, episode number 224. It's very special because it's all about the question and answers buzz and Dan because there is no game to review there is no game to preview so what we're going to do is take questions that have been sourced from the good discord section of uh, buzz's patreon account yes if you give buzz a certain amount of money every month you get access to his kick-ass discord with all the good fc dallas curious in there and a few days ago buzz asked them for questions and we will get to those shortly but first let me introduce our panel of answerers today. First off, Luton Towns, Dan Crook. Dan, I thought you guys played pretty well considering all things. That was a tough assignment going to Brighton on week one. Last 20 minutes, it definitely fell away from him. But, uh, you know, some positives. It was, a, it was a fun one to watch. It must have been weird and tingly to see that happening in real and in, in actual, in actual reality. It's still kind of funny, yeah. Uh, you know, you see stuff like the Monday Night Football idents that have the the boater hat and the you know everyone bitching about Alan Shearer uh, and his opinions and yeah, it's kind of it's it's still like wait, this is real, cool, wow, awesome. Well, I'm cheering for you. I didn't pick them to get relegated, I, Dan. I want to make know, sure you knew I this. Know. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to have a little chat with Andy. We're going to clear some air. But I, <laughs> I, I, uh, I certainly enjoyed your your predictions there. Yes. And I'm glad yeah. everyone identified that Sheffield United are really in the shit. Yeah, they're in, they've got to have they're going to have some problems. I do believe. And of course, your hero, my hero, everybody's hero, editor, founder of ThirdDegree.net, and all this fun. It is the good Buzz Carrick. Come in, Buzz. Peter, stop the count. Newcastle United, English Premier League champions. Hmm. It has been finished and closed out after one week. It's over. They've taken care of it all. You beat Aston Villa handily. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you, top you, one you goal differential. That's it. From being bottom. Stop the count. Yeah, okay. you're welcome, Dan. You just want to well, no, just... don't stop the count. Would still go down. You consider oh. it's done. Yeah, it's done. Season's over. Okay. Yeah, that's it. One game. Well, Fair enough. Yeah. Seems like a, it seems like a good run you guys have had. Yeah. I'm excited for that one win. Excellent. All right. Uh, so here we are with our question and answer session. Buzz, by the way, because the only reason why we're doing this is because uh, the game this weekend got bumped due to Miami and Philly playing, I guess it was last night or the night before. Uh, yeah. League's Cup. Yeah. yeah. So we they'd play next. It's the Austin game. That's when uh, FC Dallas plays next is the Austin game. That's what I'm yeah. asking, yeah. Yeah, but... yeah, and the Philly game was moved because they, the, either way, Philly was going to be in the final or the third place game, so they moved that game. It, it gives Philly a really, not Philly, it gives Dallas a really tough stretch now in September where they play midweek games like three or four weeks in a row, so it'll be a tough run there, but um, that's why you have squads. So All right. 
Well, I don't know if that was a question in this list, but uh, I wanted to ask it up front. Really, sure. uh, what I want to know at some point, we don't have to have this conversation today, but the question I would like to ask is the insanity around the messy situation. Because I think the thing that dawned on everybody when they were just ripping apart Philly, who I think has only lost once at home in the last calendar year or something ridiculous like that. 38 games. Yeah, they were making them look like chum the other night. Is what are the odds that this is going to cause some sort of uh, MLS owner and headquarter panic and everybody's going to start insisting that they've got to be able to go out and get their own whatever the next tier below Messi is on their team. Oh, uh, well that's in all these questions that is in there some, so it'll come up, but I mean, uh, Messi will definitely change MLS. I, you know, it's, it's bound to alter it significantly perhaps in some ways, yeah, at least here in Dallas for sure. Yeah. All right. Sure. Let's start with question. Number one. The first question in was from Neil Serpanya. I hope I'm pronouncing that correct. Neil, if I'm not, my apologies, or just consider yourself anointed by my inability to pronounce foreign names. So, Uh, You're just another lucky notch on the belt. Is there any truth to the rumors? Oh, this is the most obvious question, Buzz. Oh, my gosh, Neil. I mean, come on, Neil. It's a smart, (laughs) sharp fellow you are. Uh, Is there any truth to the rumors about Jesus Takatis? Well, I talked to Jesus' agent, uh, who I've known for quite a few many years, um, and the part that he would talk to me about on the record is basically that there are multiple teams in both England and Spain that have an interest in Jesus. Um, there's nothing, however, that is like at the line, like ready to be done. Um, the bottom line is, is that the transfer fee really is going to be the issue for Jesus moving. Um, you know, you can look at the prices that are out there um, and, and you see things like eight to 10 million reported and things like that. And, and so this is the problem in a sense of why Jesus will or won't move is that I think that 10 million is lower than the hunts will take. And if you look at the global market for soccer players, particularly one that is not playing in some place like England in the premier league already, it's difficult for very few teams that can spend 10 million on a player. Um, that's not an easily digestible price for most teams in the world. That's a small group that can afford that. Um, you know, a very, very good team in, a, in the top 10 leagues, you know, half or maybe all in England, of course. But um, that's the trick is who was willing to pay that for Jesus is the problem. So while there are teams that are interested and while we all know that Jesus has ambition to play abroad uh, and, and wants to win trophies, you know, it's not necessarily a deal that's on the verge of being done, nor is it going to be easy for it to happen. So that is where the Jesus Ferreira deal is. Anything with Cadiz specifically, I don't know beyond the fact that I know that no deal is like ready to go this week. So um, the window in Spain closes at the first of September, you know, so they are running out of time to get something done. It seems like probably nothing's happening this summer based on the talk I had. All right. Has there been other clubs specifically named other than Cuddy's? Um, Bogart today mentioned Club America was interested, but, uh, you know, his agent told me England and Spain specifically. So uh, I, I don't, he didn't give me any other names, you know, that he just told me that there were multiple teams that were looking at him. So we'll see, you know, okay. it's just, I think the bottom line is you can count on Jesus being here for a bit, you know? So, and that's the holdup is 
Will somebody come in and pay that price? That's All right. right. So on a scale of one to 10, Buzz, 10 being, yeah, he's gone. One, he's not going anywhere. Where do you set the number at right now at this moment in time? Oh, right now it's quite low. Uh, you know, obviously in the long run, he will eventually go. I think this window, it's probably like a two or three actually okay. at this point. Very good. All right. Sam was up next with a pair of questions. They're kind of uh, married to each other in terms of uh, uh, uh how they relate to each other. So first off, question from Sam, Buzz, and Dan. And I'll ask Dan this question first. Who has been your most pleasant surprise of the season so far, Dan? Mr. Samuel Catlover Junker. Um, yeah, we saw a guy come in from uh, Dynamo Dose, and, you know, he looks like he could potentially start on his team at times and or be an impact player off the bench. That's so much more than we possibly could have imagined. Buzz? Uh, Bernie, Bernard Camungo. Uh, I, I think the kid's got a lot of talent. I did not expect it to be uh, coming to for the forefront this quickly. Okay. I think those are both good shouts. Yeah. And I guess, uh, and so his second question is obviously the opposite. Who's been the biggest disappointment so far, Buzz? Jesus Jimenez. At that price point of a salary, you should be able to get more out of that player. Okay. Dan? Exactly the same answer. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Who's yours, Peter? Come on. You can tell me. Uh, I would say um, Ariola. Disappointment. Okay. How about uh, positive? Oh, positive? Pleasant sure. surprise? Yeah, I yeah. was going to say Junka as well. Yeah, um, nice. Um, uh, Ariola or Legit, although he's gotten better. And, uh, and, and actually, the one that I, I probably feel most strongly about but don't want to say out loud but I'm going to, is Paxton. Mm. Yeah. yeah, fair. Yeah. All right, Stephanie is next up, and her question is, what game are you looking forward to most in the rest of the season? Uh, Austin, actually, the next one. Not to be cliche, but uh, the in-state rival, and uh, it, with a two-week break, can you carry over the League Cup momentum? So that's the most intriguing one for me. Okay. Dan? Houston, you've uh, always got to look at the Texas Derby, right? Is the uh, the the one you circle in the calendar with the the red crayon for the run sheet? Okay. I'm disappointed both of you did not answer MLS Cup. Hmm. Okay, hmm. that's very telling. <laughs> yeah, that's very telling. <laughs> uh, Scott Humphrey is next on the list with his. Oh, he sent a triple question. Well, you skip Stephanie's second question. I only have one question from Stephanie. Wow, you didn't look at the updated sheet I sent you. Oh, because I had already printed them out myself. Hold on, let me see if she's got, let me find it on the other page. Here it is. Yeah. Stephanie's second question from another, uh, a few days later, was will Seeley get more minutes? Uh, yes, he will get a little bit more, but not a lot. You, Bernie has taken that, um, that, that off the bench spot for now, and then if Ariel starts to do well, uh, there'll be even less playing time. All right, I have a follow-up. Well, go ahead, go ahead, Dan. I'm sorry. I was going to say, and then you've got the potential for Obreon as well. And, I mean, even if if left sides lock down the idea of Eugene Answer being used on the right too, there's, there's a lot of competition on that side. Buzz, my follow-up question to you is, Did if you had been told at the beginning of the season Seeley and Camungo were both going to be on the team at the same time, would you ever imagined a scenario where Camungo was your preferred player? 
Uh, yeah, sure. I think I could imagine that. Uh, you know, the level that Dante was playing at in Europe is not one that would have inspired me with a lot of confidence. Yeah. You know, okay. it's a U23 team, so it's basically what Kamingo was doing. You know? Okay. Thank you, Stephanie, for those good questions. We like those. All right, now back to Scott Humphrey's triple question. It goes like this. With Jimenez, Leggett, and Ariola's contracts on the books for next season, what can Dallas do to put themselves in a positive position next year? Uh, you could buy out Jimenez, um, but Ariola uh, and Leggett, you kind of are stuck. Um, there was interest in Ariola earlier this year, but um, I actually think both those players still have lots of value if they can get, you know, Leggett is showing his recovery, you know, or not recovery, reawakening. If Ariola, who still, I still believe, think is believe under the age of 30, so he could still get back to the form he had, you know, prior to this season, I think, he'll, you know, that's basically it. You have to hope that they both play well, you know. Okay. What teams in the West does a healthy Dallas best match up against in the playoffs, Dan? Shit. Um, that is not a club in MLS, <laughs> at least yes, not officially. It is. They, they play in Orange. They're in South Texas. Okay. We all, know all right. Uh, I, I really don't know the answer to that question, honestly. Uh, my answer to that is not specific to a team. It's a style of play. They will do best against a team that actually wants to play. <laughs> Come, it comes at them. Yeah. Doesn't play them. low block. Doesn't play a low block. <laughs> you know, that's they struggle against those low block teams. They've done a little better with it lately. But you want a team that will actually try and play and, and try and have the ball because Dallas is so much better when they can let you have it and then take it away from you in rapid transition. So that's yeah. that's the answer. So you mean LAFC so, is what you mean? Uh, yeah, or I think St. Louis plays a fairly direct style and doesn't sit back too deep. Um, there's, there's some other teams that sporting, I think, usually wants to get at you a little bit. So and I don't mind direct. Yeah. Uh, and then his third question, totally different. What's your thoughts on the current academy coaching tree? Uh, it needs a little refresh. It's a bit stagnant. Um, Need some new blood. You know, what happens is basically you start off, you know, a decade ago with a slate of coaches. And then as some of them do really well, they're promoted to higher teams or they get hired away by other clubs, you know, and so some, you just get a little thin. So from time to time, you just need to bring in some new bodies, some new ideas. You know, they, they've kind of been rolling with the same guys for a while. And, and I don't really have any strong, like, get rid of this guy or that guy. You know, they just all have been here for a bit. You know, it was like to see, uh, you know, whether it be an ex-pro or whether it be somebody from another club that you think is outstanding. You know, I'm not saying go wholesale fire anybody, but um, they definitely could use some 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 newness in it, if that makes sense to you. OK. Uh, John Presley had the next question. I'm kind of interested in this because I have my own um kind of hypothesis I want to throw out there. His question is, do you, Buzz or Dan, have any updates or information about redevelopment plans for Toyota Stadium? Well, I'll let you do your bit, Peter, because I actually hear what you have to say. The only thing I really could add is that the sports book thing has not really gone well, politically speaking. Not that the hunts are pushing that, but it was a big You may want to there. repeat what that is for people who are not familiar with that. Sure. Okay. The, the hunts were hoping that they could get what is called a sports book um, approved in Texas to put it inside some ho a hotel type facility there that they wanted to do as part of the renovations to a stadium. A sports book is basically a sports betting facility, a place that you can do that. And that hasn't been approved. And my quick Googling today says that the Texas government can't even really consider it again until 2025, which doesn't give you very much time for the world cup. So 
that all may have meant a little bit of back to the drawing board for the hunts. So that's really the only thing I could tell you that's new from as far as I know. Okay. Dan, you got anything to throw in there? Uh, no, I think Buzz uh, summarized that pretty well. I know uh, Jerry Jones was kind of the, the big money behind it, but um, like I said, it was kind of brought up at a time where they didn't have the support and with the, the way that state legislature works, they can't bring it up again for a while. So my, uh, it's not really a hypothesis. I just want to throw it out here, out there as uh, a p stirring the pot. So just bear Stir with me away. one second. Yeah. So this whole idea that we've heard about the hunts having a, de uh, a, a desire to do something with that big east open space that they have... Um, and buying up some of that property, uh, and also maybe tearing down the e the east side of the stadium and the north side of the stadium, and kind of doing a restructure as they did to the north side. Man, that feels like that has been dragging on for the better part of two years. Like I think I first yeah. heard that prior to the pandemic. Yeah. And with twenty twenty six rolling up here faster than ever, and with the growth of the league. And some of the other stuff that's been going on with these new modern stadiums. Is there any at all possible reason to believe that there are conversations or discussions being had about building a new stadium somewhere more in Dallas proper? I'm going to say not yet because I think it would be difficult to... Um, get the political capital you need to, to say that you need a bigger, like a significantly bigger venue. Cause I think that's like, that's the only I'm way not, you can swing it. Well, I'm not talking about a necessarily a bigger venue buzz. I'm talking yeah. about one with more suites, more amenities, more, you know, for, for lack of a better, maybe just capitulating to the concept of a more centralized location. Uh, just, just, yeah. I, just something about the fact that we heard about this other re rebuilding idea for so long and it's gone absolutely nowhere. It just makes me wonder if something else isn't afoot or I, being talked about. I, I, maybe, but the, they just put a, like 50 million into the hall of fame and they extended the lease with the city out, you know, another 15 years or whatever it was. You know, I, I think if the original deal would have expired, the original lease would have expired, which was probably coming up in a couple of years um, before it got extended with the Hall of Fame, I, I would have agreed with you. But I think they just did all that. You know, I think that's that they've set themselves up modularly well, it's to not do the just east and I mean, They side. did that five years ago. That was well, whatever, five plus years ago. Terms, that's a long time. But, you know, like, modularly that the right side, the east side and the north side are available now. They, you know, the west side's pretty substantial to start with. And now they've done the south side with the Hall of Fame. You know, it's it's significantly cheaper just to do something new on that side than it is to roll out a whole new stadium and have it only be a tiny bit bigger. Well, well you know, like if you only need 30,000 seats, you just do a small reservation renovation. You know, it's when you need 50,000 or 70,000, then you have to talk about a new stadium. Okay. Not only that, but you got to factor in however much it would cost to buy out of the lease because uh, it's just money. Damn. Has, I mean, that's a lot of money. If there's a guarantee that I think there's a guarantee in there for 200 million, if MLS can't guarantee first team football in the city of Frisco. Hmm. All right. Well, just a thought. Like I said, just stirring the pot. Yeah. Um, one thing as well. Uh, think about like you know, I think the things in Frisco, particularly as a city, always take a long time. The Hall of Fame was you know kind of like a two year building project. You really don't want to have a project start right now with the World Cup coming up because there's every chance 
that could still be a construction site when you really want to be hosting national team camps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're running out of time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're definitely running out of time. It just yep. makes me wonder if that's an indicator of something yeah, else. Yeah, that's but, fair. fair. Uh, Aaron is next up on the list, and that's Aaron with double A at the beginning. So is thank there you, Aaron. Uh, uh, E-R-I-N. That's a different name. That's Aaron. I said Aaron. the same name? <laughs> Aaron and Aaron. That different Okay, name. you're just too fart in English, Dan. <laughs> yeah. Here in Texas, we pronounce them the same way. Yeah. All right? <laughs> Deal with it. Oh, actually, uh, Dan, this one's specifically for you. So be ready for this. How many, if any, Dallas players would you take in the Luton squad, assuming money wasn't an issue? Woohoo, I like this question. Uh, there's only two. Uh, Jesus, we always need bodies up front, and particularly some that can make money, and Martin Paz. Really? Hmm, okay. Yeah. There's no I'm one who's really think- jumping out as a great form player right now that would uh, get in above anyone. You don't okay. like Ariola? Not Ariola, excuse me, Velasco. No. I wouldn't like him in the Premier League. Yeah, okay, fair. And then in the championship, it's like, what what are you going to do? He's going to get kicked about even more. Yeah, yeah, that's true. (laughs) Shane S., the double S, is up next with uh, a triple shot of questions themselves. So first, who should be starting the fullback pair if all are healthy? Giovane Jesus and Farfan, Farfan and Junka, Farfan and Tuamasi, or any of those combinations. Uh, apparently, uh, Shane is a big far fan fan. Yeah, a far fan. Yeah, far fanatic. How about far that? Fan. Yeah, Ooh. I Ooh. like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, the answer on the left is far fan for now. Which is not to say that there aren't better players out there. It's just that of the ones they have now, he's the obvious answer. Um, the right, I think, is actually going to be rotated quite a bit. And, and I, you, with the load coming up, you will see Junko play both right and left, but he won't be the common starter. Uh, Giamatti and Jesus will start, in my opinion, at home games. And then on the road games, once Tuomasi is completely back, you'll see. I think you'll see him more on the road, maybe Junk on the road. But the idea is that Giovanni on the road defensively is horrific. Um, he's okay at home, so that's all you'll see. I think you'll see a split there. At least that's what I would do. Okay. Split those guys. Dan, this uh, next question is related to that, and I actually think this is kind of a smart question. Does the center back pairing change – who you would put for the fullbacks? Um, so I'm going to say no uh, for the simple fact that your consistent right centre-back is going to be Nikosi Tafaro. Um, that's kind of where your instability is. If it was Jose Martinez versus Sebastian Ibiaga on the right, uh, then yes, I think it would change. You wouldn't want to expose... The def- uh, you wouldn't want to expose Jose Martinez as a slower guy with someone like Giovanni Jesus, who's not great defensively, whereas someone more like uh, Emma Tuomase or uh, Sam Junker, you could kind of give that little bit of extra stability in the back. Uh, but, you know, you're, uh, th- that's, th- those happen on different sides. Uh, in Kosi's, you're... you're uh, your guy that's kind of covering the right, so that's really your uh, your solid side. Okay. And then Shane's third question is, if Jesus is sold, who would be the starter up front, and would it require a formation change? 
No, it won't be a formation change. It'll just look like what it looked like during the Gold Cup. It'll be O'Brien or perhaps oh. Eugene Anza at nine. You know, it's better than Jimenez, you know. So that's it, basically. Depending on who's healthy, you know, O'Brien's doing fairly well at wing lately. So, you know, it might be more Anza at the nine. Something like that. It'll be, it'll be, you know, Camungo won't be at the nine. and Ariola won't be at the nine. So you might see a little Jimenez, but mostly it'll be O'Brien or Anza. You know, your answer, Buzz, leads me to my own question, which is if Jimenez continues at this pace of not playing and not producing, where yeah. will he fall on the pantheon of failed Dallas number nine purchases? Oh, man. I mean, it's not going to be good. Uh, you know, and... does he fall somewhere <laughs> between um, Cobra and uh, Coleman? Yeah, I, I think he's probably already been more valuable than Coleman, but he's not yet as valuable as Cobra or Frank O'Hara. You know, if, if he can get in there, I mean, there were one or two games where he 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 didn't individually by himself do good things, but his movement helped Jesus open up sometimes. Like those were some good combinations in a two man front. You know, that mm-hmm. had a little value until he got hurt. You know, when he had, when you put him on island by himself, it was bad. You know, and and. So there's not a whole lot of value, but at least it was a tiny bit, you know. It's not good, yeah. I, I, essentially, I would have said he's uh, beneath Coleman. Coleman at least had, like, the the Montreal game where, you know, two goals to get a two, two draw on the road and really had a, a hat-trick finish that was wrongly denied. I mean, other than his finishing, he was a solid piece in the team, passed well, moved well, drew, pulled defenders away. I think aside from two games, we haven't really seen him and us do a whole lot. Yeah, he's been hurt too much to really be much value. You know, yeah. uh, what would be the opposite of a Mount Rushmore? <laughs> uh, a Mount Trashmore? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should do uh, a Mount Trashmore of Dallas's worst signings. Mm-hmm. Who would that be made up? Who would be the four worst signings? In FC Dallas history. Oh, I'd have to think about it. There's been some doozies. So, so Danielson would be one. Yeah. Um, you could just do Brazilians. Just have Jettison, Danielson, <laughs> and a couple others. Who's uh, the Eric. Left, who's the left back that, that uh, Oscar hated so much that was here for like five minutes? Oh, the he one that... A, he was a young oh, DP, Chupa? Anibal, yeah. Chupal, Anibal, yeah. Anibal Ch- yeah. yeah. Chala, that was it. Yeah. I'm Those trying to... The, yeah. There's but, some bad ones, man. Uh, Danielson has to be the, the the front and center though, right? Ricardinho, he was pretty flame out. Yeah, that's true. Danielson's <laughs> the king. Yeah, I mean, uh, we didn't oh, like traffic. Divino, cone. Divino, yeah, Divino, traffic cone. Yeah, traffic cones. El right. traffic cone. <laughs> El traffic cone. <laughs> we have to put some more thought into the yeah. Mount Trash Mount Trashmore of we'll Dallas. Just, we'll work on that for next week. Who's, okay. who's on Mount Trashmore? Yeah, okay, uh, that's a T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, we get somebody to illustrate it with their yeah. faces. That would be classic. I, I did do a FC Dallas Mount Rushmore t shirt for DBG one year on fourth of July, so it is possible. Okay. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> I love it when we come up with funny ideas. All right. All right next up on the Q and A is Nick Haas. And I have a feeling that's a uh, made-up name, but whatever. It's a cool one. Uh, The MLSPA recently released the list of free agents of the upcoming offseason. Who would you want Dallas to go after, and who do you think they'll actually go after? Well, the important distinction is that that list had a lot of people that were on option years, so that doesn't really count. I mean, most like 90% of the guys on option years that are actually worth anything will get picked up. So 
you have to ignore them and you have to look at the guys that are actually free agents. So, um, for example, this person asked about bringing Junka back. Well, that's a no brainer. Of course you pick up Junka's option unless the escalator is just insane. And like year two is a million five or something stupid. I mean, that which is impossible. He's on 85 K, right? That's a no brainer. Pick him up. So the legit answer is take a swing at miles Robinson. Miles Robinson is out of contract. He probably is going to go to Europe, but give it a shot. See if you can get him. Uh, because that's a, just a massive, massive signing for your back line. If you could land him, it'll take several million dollars at least, but give it a shot. And then the other thing I would say of that list is depending on how the two sixes they just picked up worked out, I would call Kellen Acosta and mm. see if he would want to come back as a piece for the midfield. Cause he's only, you know, he's in his twenties and he's a free agent, you know, and LA probably doesn't have a boatload of money to spend. Now, granted it's nice playing for LA, but you know, if the, if the new sixes are no good and you can move out Faku and give Kellen that money, that's perfect for me. Man, I might actually have a sports cry if Kellen came back. Yeah, it'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Do you have Dan, any? Dan, did you have anybody? For yeah, Dan, wise? did you have anybody you wanted to throw in there? Uh, I definitely agree with you, Miles Robinson. Um, I would uh, until the day he turns eighty-six. I'm always going to say Kai Kamara. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Carlos Vela would be an absolute dream, albeit unlikely. Uh, the serious option, I think, Paul Marie. A right, a solid right back out of contract, not playing for a, a you know a massive side in San Jose. Obviously, that means yeah, he kind of thrives in an environment that's not too dissimilar to Dallas. I think that could be a, a good mm. target. I don't know what yeah. he makes necessarily, but you know. All right, next on the list is Xelone thirty one. XL XL one thirty one. I don't. I like Exelone. I thought that was a good. Yeah, if he's if they are not pronouncing it that way, they should. <laughs> yeah. E x e l o n e three one, Exelone. Yeah, it's totally Exelone. If you could take one current player from any other team in MLS and place them on Dallas's roster, who would it be and why? Well, oh, sorry, sorry, Buzz, don't do yep. it. Uh, Messi and Busquets are excluded from Exelone thirty ones hypothetical yeah well the answer is still miles robinson <laughs> from atlanta uh but just wow. to give it a little variety from the previous answer i will say joe paulo from seattle those are my two you wouldn't take carlos grazo back uh well sh if you want to offer me carlos grazo back yes but i like joe paulo better okay because he passes better than grazo does in my opinion dan well, if you're going to exclude Messi and Busquets, I'm taking Jordi Alba. Okay, sure. <laughs> that's a lot of money in an outside back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's fine. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> I'll spend billionaires' money all day. Yeah, you're not right? taking. You're not taking Carlos Vela. Uh, well, it was just yeah. yeah. I mean, he's he's going to be a free agent anyway, so you know we could take another player. Wait till uh, wait till the off season and take Vela then. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Pablo Acampo has this question. Has there been any talks about what the new home kit? Oh, I love a kit question, Pablo. Has there been any talks about what the new home kit could possibly look like? No. <laughs> <laughs> 
Has there well, been any talks about what we want the new home kit to look like? Well, I will I will applaud their recent consistency of being this red and blue hoopish type element. You know, yeah. I'm all about the consistency. So that's your jam. Great. Stick with that. Can we not just shorts, can we just good. get them to do the shirt that we all like? It's yeah. so clear. Everybody wants red and navy blue horizontal stripe shirts everybody yeah. wants it just do it yeah of course that would be fabulous but you know how it is that not likely to happen you know and i would throw on the white shorts because i think it looks as it looks as totally presented by that academy picture today it looks so much better but, badass yeah uh, but i will give them credit for that relative consistency of recent time because i've hammered them for that for years so that's the answer don't screw it up now keep it going all right i realize now i've done an injustice buzz yeah that you skipped another question from somebody. I did? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, you're you're working off the wrong dock, man. Oh, sorry. Crap in a sock. Where me see? Oh, Exelone. Crap yeah. in a sock. Uh now that the club Exelone 31 second question, which was on the bottom of the second page of questions I printed out. That's why I resent the new document. I know, but I didn't realize you reordered them this way, and I just had already... I didn't want to waste the paper, Buzz. I, okay. I already printed 17 pages Safe of trees. questions. Safe trees. I'm like Norm Hishkus out here. Uh, now that... That's a ticket reference, by the way. Now that the club is starting to see some success on non-4th of July attendance, do you think they will consider tearing down the stage and adding seating on the north end? Yes. I do think they will do that. Uh, I don't know that it's necessarily specifically to get rid of the stage as much as it is to make the North end functional and useful. <laughs> so, uh, you know, particularly if the new expansion that we just talked about of the stadium includes the suggestions from them of some kind of concert venue in it, you know, like a small club type uh, place to hold with a couple thousand seats, then for sure. And, and this has already been brought up by Dan Hunt this idea of making the North end usable. And that means seats in that area. And that's part of this expansion we're talking about. So yes, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. You know, I, it's funny to me because, uh, man, did the stage more than ever stick out like a sore thumb on messy night. Yes, and that man. place was absolutely as full as I've ever seen it before. And then there was this weird empty space with a couple of pickup trucks on it. It was just, it really, really stood out as a significant problem. Yeah, the, the amount of usage they're getting out of that venue as a concert venue. Do they is, even have, have they, do they have any concerts booked in that thing this year? Well, usually that's the fourth, it's the Hall of Fame. And that's it. Yeah, so, but that, that's the point now is that now that you're starting to fill up uh, the stadium from time to time, and even things like the bowl games they have that you that they have deals with that are more yeah. long term, those two people too would be ecstatic about more seats in there. So yes, one hundred percent, absolutely. It's I think it's in the plans, and Dan Hunt has even talked about it. Okay. So there's two things I think hold it back. For one, it's it's not really their call. It it is ultimately the school district stadium uh, that they lease. So you have graduation to, there. Yeah, that's true. Well, it's it's. It's just, you know, they, they had to jump 15 other stories. stadiums to do graduation. <laughs> they got the well, star. They, they have to jump through so many hoops, like, you know, the parking. They wouldn't have the parking set up the way they would, but they don't own the parking lot. They just release it on a match day. Um, between that and then there's going to be a lot of internal bickering because the supporters groups were kicked out of there. They were told, hey, this is no longer usable space. This will never be usable space again. If you then 
two years later, turn around and say, actually, we're going to make it another premium seating section and completely reconfigure this whole thing. There's, there's going to be people that are internally that are like, no, we, we absolutely can't do this. We've, we've put our life on, on this uh, promise that's never going to be used again. And FC Dallas doesn't really do communication internally very well. So, um, <laughs> plus, you've got that big canopy there. I don't, you know, that would be quite an undertaking just to remove yeah. that and, and make it into a usable space. Otherwise, you've got 975 janky leisure spots just like you had two and a half years ago. I know this may sound harsh, Dan, but there is not a universe that we live in where the hunts would not uh, yeah, money. Uh, pass up hurting supporter groups' feelings uh, in lieu of 5,000 extra seats. Well, you, know, you wouldn't get 5,000 seats in there. But, uh, you know, it's it's not so much them. It's it's the people, you know, the, it's the, the club overall and, and their dealings with the city and, you know, everyone they kind of answer to in that sense. Okay. All right. I, I think if you built it tall enough, you could get 5,000 seats in there, but yeah, maybe. that's just me. Uh, all right, this is where I think I've done myself a disservice, or I've done an injustice, because I probably should have started this off with questions from the original. Mm. The first fan of the club, and no, I've waited till 30 minutes into it from El Jefe, Dustin, who sent over two questions. So my apologies, sir, for not putting you up at the top of the list. Uh, what number do you think the Hunts are looking for when Alan Velasco is ultimately sold, Buzz? Uh, I think it's got to be a pretty good profit, you know, because right now he's too instrumental into what they're doing. So it, this is the number that comes up a lot. Honestly, it's $15 million, right? If, you, if you're not – if you're just getting 10 then basically you just leased a player for a couple of years because that's only a tiny bit in relative terms more than you paid for him. So it's going to have to be pretty monumental because considering how young he is, he's not 18 or whatever, but you know, you're looking at at least a decade if you keep him of top tier, really high level performance, you know, yeah. so that's the value. Now, granted, the, the longer you keep him into his current contract, the lower, you know, the, the less leeway you have, but, you know, they have him through 2025 under contract and they have a 26 option. So I'm going to say the same number as Jesus, actually, 15 million. Yeah, and, a lot, and it will depend on how well, if he ever improves. Because at this point, while he's yeah. playing better in the last few weeks, I wouldn't say his performance uh, in his time here has justified any kind of significant no. increase in his value. No, it hasn't. But that doesn't mean that they're, they will want to let him go. I mean, they're, they're going to feel oh, like sure. his age and that potential is still really there. And actually seeing that recent progression is really exciting because now you're like, oh, great, here we go. You know, so like you're expecting that to continue for a few years and have something special on your hands. Okay, you so can also look at the way they do business. Uh, like here's a player that $15 million bids were being put in for him. Um his old club rejected those, kind of fell on some hard times. FC Dallas comes in, gets him for near, for half of that. So yeah, I mean that's yeah. that's what they're going to be looking for is to make that that sale that the old club couldn't. That was a that was a COVID steal. You remember their club was cash; they were dying for cash and needed cash, so they sold them basically on half price. So that's Dan's right. That's the number. I think that's pretty awesome that the Hunts went out and got somebody on the cheap. Yeah, it's rare for them. Isn't it? <laughs> Sounds like a really smart play. Yeah. Uh, all right. Also from El Jefe, which are the next four Dallas players that will be sold? 
And he's offering bonus points, Buzz, if you can do them in what order. Okay. Uh, the next player sold is Blasco. <laughs> because he will uh, have a great rest of this year and start off next year on fire, and next summer they will sell him. Number two is Jesus Ferreira, but it will be later than Velasco. It'll be at the end of next season because then the window will be closing on the four-year cycle. Shortly after that will be Giovanni Jesus, who they will sell because the whole idea of getting him in the first place was to sell him later. You got him on a relatively cheap price. And then the fourth one is Martin Paz. Wow. Okay. That's my four in order. Excellent. Dan, do you got any guesses? Um, I was definitely going to say Velasco first at 21. You know, his as a, an attacking midfielder, you kind of want to move him on before he, he gets too up there in age. Jesus is a natural one to follow after a deal's been worked out or he's continued his rise. Uh, I, I'd have him and Paz kind of, you know, 2A, 2B. And uh, I, I really didn't have a fourth one. So... Yeah, I included Javon in there, Jesus in there because I guarantee you, without actually having talked to him, that he will have looked at this move to Dallas as a stepping stone move. You know, they got him for, I believe it was 1.5, which is pretty cheap, you know, for a player that has that kind of potential, I think. You know, he's a young DP. Well, what's the point of a young DP, right? It's this idea that you're going to grow guys and then move them, try to make money. That's the whole plan. So. All right. Uh, next on the list is Brandon Wheeland with three questions of his own. Uh, says, current, do you think the mid-long-term option at right back is on the roster currently? Midterm, yes. Um, the, like I just talked about Giovanni Jesus, the idea is to invest in him and build him and sell him. So he's the midterm option. The long-term option um, uh, I don't know. I don't really think the wrong term option is on the roster currently. It might be in the academy uh, or it might be on loan. We'll see. I, I don't know that the long term option is here right now. Okay. Uh, this is a weird, I don't understand this question, Buzz. About the pod, mm -hmm. what was the reason behind the start of this pod 220-something episodes ago? 224 question mark. Yeah, he was just asking uh, why we started the podcast. So. Oh, yeah. The, the answer is, um, I had a, well, number one, Peter had been telling me to do it for a couple of years, but mainly it was a desire as we went independent and we're wanting to do the Patreon and things like that to build uh, a podcast in a space that was starting to get a lot of traction. We felt like there was an audience available there and that there were, um, while there were other podcasts in that space that were FC Dallas centric, we felt like with our professional, I felt like with our professional experience and team access, we could do a really, really good one. Uh, and I think that's proven to be true. So, Did you guys pick up the storyline that uh, Sounder at Heart is following your uh, Patreon payment I model? I did see that, yeah. The PBS model, which yeah. I thought it was funny they referenced the same thing. <laughs> yes, yeah. they did. Uh, and I also noticed that their tier prices are higher, Buzz. I did see that. Um, hmm. I, I do have people that have higher, that do subscribe at higher tiers than than. Um, but you know, I wanted, um, I wanted to make us accessible, you know, at the same time, yeah. I, I, I read between the lines. It seemed like they might have more concerns about funding perhaps than I do. I, you know, I remember as much as I would love to make this my job, it's not yet. I still have a job that I, a career, you know, it's like, so this is a part-time thing still. And I don't need it necessarily. And I, and I want to have, 
accessibility for all kinds of people that can support us. So that's why we have lots of tiers. You know, it would be interesting, and this may be a difficult thing to quantify and put out publicly, mm-hmm. would be to make the statement, this is what we would need to make this our full-time thing. And yeah. if we can get the funding to do it, this is what we will deliver on a regular basis for those who... Mm put in for it and just see what kind of reaction you get yeah because here's the thing it'll be an interesting test to follow if uh, jeremiah and sounder at heart is successful with this in a market like seattle where that club is so insanely popular yeah right like you know just the idea that the sounders are what two three four x more popular in seattle than this club is in dallas and if he can make it work um it would be interesting to see how far you could push this in Dallas, Buzz, especially as the club, it, this club, finally starts to get some meat, some traction in its uh, sports market. Yeah, um, Mark Fishkin was not really able to get enough traction in New York. Uh, again, there's a lot going on in New York; it's so expensive there. I, I, it'll be interesting to see if anyone has can pull it off because I don't know that anyone has ever really pulled it off. I mean, maybe Ivis maybe is the closest. What was Mark's model? Mark, though, was just charging like a flat paywall fee, wasn't he? Something like that. I don't remember exactly. I know it was a subscriber-based thing. Yeah. You know, rather than the open policy like I have and like Sounder's doing where all their main content is available. And his was like a daily full podcast as well, which is Mm. such an undertaking in itself. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Newer's is way more expensive. I mean, Ivis... I think managed to pull it off, but he's national. That's a big difference. So, yeah. you know, I, I've always considered that like, basically like I have, I have a reach of give or take, I think roughly like 10% penetration into the um, FC Dallas general audience in terms of like that follow me on Twitter or read our stuff, you know? And then I tr- always thought, well, if I can get a certain percentage of that audience to subscribe, then I probably could do it, but that hasn't come to fruition. The subscription rate is much lower than I was anticipating hmm. um, of that percentage is not that I'm upset about the people that the number of people that are following, because it's actually in some ways it's really exciting that there's any at all. Um, but you know, the hope, the dream had been like 10% of 10% or whatever. And it's more like one and a half percent of 10%, you know? So in the end, like it, it basically uh, in a lot of ways, I'm just waiting for the FC Dallas audience to be, have been built big enough that then my audience will follow. My percentage becomes a higher number in that sense. So hmm. it, where I'm at. There's an interesting thing with what they're going to do, um, just in that, you know, they have the rain as well uh, that falls yeah. under what they do. And that's a totally separate audience from the Sounders. And then you've got like Ballard FC that they're, that if they hit a certain point, they're going to dedicate, you know, the same sort of coverage as maybe like what we do for North Texas FC. Yeah, if, if we end up with a pro women's team here and if we end up with a USL championship team here, that may alter the landscape a little bit more. We'll see. Okay. Uh, Brandon's last question is, next season, what one position would you like most to get an upgrade and how could it realistically happen? Well, the answer is center back uh, for me. Uh, and I want to hear both of y'all's answers on this, actually. And the answer is a TAM signing. Uh, that's really the only way to do it. So that's mine. Yeah, I think now that you've potentially got a, you know, potentially being the, the keyword here, you've got a, a top level, be an aging six coming in as centre-back. Yeah, Erebara is a giant question mark for me, Buzz. And yeah. Have you seen him yet play? Have you no. seen No? Okay. No. Um, I, you know, I, I would, my natural inclination is to say, 
a totally ass kicking six holding mid, but uh, yeah. maybe that maybe that's who this guy is. I just I I don't know. So yeah, some people asked about him in a bit, so I was saving some of that stuff. But uh, the for me, the choice is like okay, if if I have to bring back Facundo as the six again, is that worse than coming back for another season of Ibiaga with nothing? Assuming Martinez is gone either way, and I kind of just feel like. I can, I can get Facundo would be fine if I have to, you know, okay. it's not good, but it's not, I, I think Ibiaga's done a, a, a pretty solid job, all things considered, but he's not, he's already well into his thirties, you know, and they need another guy like Nicosi and that's massive. That shores up everything. John Garcia is next up at the plate with his question, which is if you had to build an all time, FC Dallas burn penalties list and only from their time in Dallas, who yep. would you pick? And in what order? Hmm. Zarco, Reto Ziegler, Michelle, Kreiss, Mauro Diaz. Wow. That's five. Yep. Do that one more time. Zarco. Zarco, the, the original. Yeah. Jorge Rodriguez. Yep. Reto Ziegler. You may not remember. He took all the PKs. In oh, game. that's right. I forgot about yep. that. Michelle best, arguably best freak kick taker in club history. He took all the PKs that basically the one season he was really a pro here. Christ, who three or four times was the PK taker, but not when Zarco was the guy. And then last was Mauro Diaz, who took all the PKs when he was here. So those are my five. That's a good list. I like that list. Thanks. I don't, I, you must've thought about, you did not have that off the top of your head. Did you? (laughs) No. Okay. I I looked it up. Yeah, that would have been, I mean, I had Sarko (laughs) and Christ off the top of my head, but I I had forgotten Reto Ziegler and Michelle. I had those, I I really, I looked at the PK list. I was like, Oh yeah, right. You know, it bums me out that I am now realizing there is a significant percentage of people listening to this podcast that never saw Zarko play for Dallas. Uh, I mean, I would say, 95% 95% have not. Yeah. yeah. God, he was so awesome. Yeah. Had you ne- you never saw him play, Dan? No, I mean, I've only been here 11 years. I mean, I think you could say the same of Christ. I mean, yeah. like 95% of the fan bases did not watch Chad Deering, uh, Jason Christ, Oscar Perea. Well, maybe Oscar Grazi- played a long time. Graziani. Graziani. Yeah. Oh, remember the Mark Grazianis? Dodd. Yeah, I mean. Damian Alvarez throwing hissy fits all over uh, the place. He was so good for about a year and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the days. Uh, All right. Uh, Mark Bay is next up on the list. That sounds like a fake name, too, by the way, Mark. Okay. Well, it's a cool name then. Lay out how the season would have to go for FC Dallas to win MLS Cup. What pieces would have to fall into place? Take us through that best case scenario, Mm. Buzz. Yep. Okay. Number one, don't sell Jesus. Keep Allen in the midfield. Paul Areola has to find his form again. And one of the sixes has to work out. And then all those four things would get you into the top half of the playoff teams. You need to be in the top four because that gets you the home game. So you win your home game and then you root for an upset to happen so that you get a second home game because you don't want to have to go to L.A. or St. Louis or whatever. You know, you don't want to do that. You want to be at home or maybe if you could get a road game at some place you actually won on the road. So maybe RSL, but even that you don't want to do in the playoffs. You really want to have an upset happen so you can get that home field. And then you also want to have a home field, an upset in the Eastern Conference so that you can get the home field for the final. So basically the only way Dallas can pull it off, in my opinion, is to get into the top four and then get lucky in your matchups and get home games. Because while they grind out 
and sort of give themselves a chance on the road. They don't really have, uh, I don't think, the ability to go win massive games on the road. They're, they have guys that could maybe do it, but are still a little too young. You know, as much as I admire Jesus and think that he might be the best player they've ever had at this particular moment, I don't know that he can carry them to a f- cup yet. Okay. So you know Mark Bay is actually a real name? Yeah, that guy's been a fan and a follower for wow. a long time on that's Twitter. A, and yeah, That's a cool name. That's like the name of a really high-level jazz saxophonist or an MMA fighter, one of the two. I mean, unless he's been using a fake name on social media for like 20 years. Yeah, it's, it's actually Mark Coast. Is, is that a joke? That's funny. It's a joke. <laughs> yeah, it was, <laughs> I'm laying out. Yeah. All right. Uh, so in the next two questions are essentially the same question. So we're going to mash uh, Dan Vashia and Eric. Oh, man, I've never known how to pronounce Eric's last name. Do you guys know? Peoples. Peoples? Yeah, he spells it funny for the internet. It's just Peoples. Oh, no, on yeah. Facebook, he does actually spell it as the word Peoples. Oh, does he? Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I like. I thought I it was like... Pippolis. He's like, no, no, it's just Peoples. <laughs> uh, so is it actually spelled this way? Or... No. Yeah. yeah. Well, now yeah. I'm so farting confused. Stop. The way Wait. that it's it's on the sheet is how it's spelled. Oh, this is the official. So, But it's pronounced Peoples. Like, I know all the Peoples. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Well. Thank you for thank you for putting up with me butchering your name, Eric. Uh, Eric and, and Daniel are of butchering names. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eric and Daniel are wanting to know about uh, the new guy, Iramendi, and if uh, he has a chance to play in Philly. And Dan Vashia wants to know if you've been able to check out both him and the other newbie, and if you have any instant reactions to either one of them. Yeah, unfortunately, I've not seen Iramendi. Um, he was not there the day I went to training this week because he was getting his visa. He had his meeting. It went really well. Coach is very confident that he will be available for the Austin game, not just the Philly game, the Austin game. And um, uh, Liam Frazier is already here and already training. He's already available. You know, he's Canadian and he's a Canadian homegrown, so he's domestic. He doesn't count as international. Um, I will answer the question nobody asked, which is, is how do they fit Iramendi on the roster as an international? The answer is they will they shift Jose Mulatto down to North Texas as a quote loan, and that mm. opens up a spot. So, um, you know, they they can move people up and down as will uh, to North Texas. You could even send down Facundo if you wanted to to clear an international spot for a week or something. You know, it's up until the roster freezes, and then you'd have to make a decision. But um, I, I really can't tell you what these players are going to ask are going to be like. I did ask coach uh, about your uh, Mendy, uh, what he brought to the table different than Facundo, And he said, vertical passing penetrating passes into the box, better, um, you know, shot creating passes, things like that. You know, so he actually talked about the ability to play both of them together, even in a double pivot. So, you know, having bodies in the midfield that you'll, uh, be able to see a little more rotation there and some guys going in and out. Uh, he lamented a little bit when they traded um, Brandon Cervania because they had all those injuries happen there that got them in trouble. So that's part of why they brought Frazier in too, was to try and help cover that position because they've been so light there, you know, and, and I'll include in that some discussion. He actually talked to Edwin a couple of times or at least once since they traded him, you know, and talk about being in LA and, Edmund basically had wanted to coach told me that Edmund had turned down the offer and I'd already reported this before, but he confirmed it that he turned down the offer they'd made to him 
Um, and it basically was a case of his contract was expiring and the offer came in from LA and they were like, we can't turn this down. It's too much money. Basically. So like they weren't necessarily shopping him as much as it was LA called and they were like, okay, his deal's running out. It's a boatload of money. We better do it. So, so do you think uh, Edwin's got plans of going overseas? I think or Edwin Mexico? probably, uh, yeah, I think Edwin was looking for something fresh, you know, whether it be Mexico or whether it be just another team, you know, he's been here since he was 15 years old. Sometimes it's just time, you know, yeah. it, it kind of happens. Um, I, I honestly, LA w- with, when they have the implication is that they paid the 200 K to get Edwin now, which is amazing number for a guy with four months left in his deal. And then the extra bonus that happens, another 400 K presumably if he resigns, um, I don't know that for sure, but I assume that's what, why you would do that. Um, that's a nice chunk for Edwin. So, you know, if, if they, if they try to go to Edwin and say, Hey, you're going to be our guy, maybe he'll decide LA is the place, okay. you know, or, or maybe he'll have options in Mexico. Obviously he is fluent, you know, so that is viable for him for sure. So sometimes guys just want to do something new. It happens. You get burned out a little bit especially when you've been here so long. You know? Yeah. You know, sometimes I think I know I have to admit that I forget that a lot of these guys have been doing this since they were young teenagers. Yeah. And sometimes the kids want to get away at, out of the house. I mean, that's what happened with Kellen. You know, he got to the point where he's like, I need to leave Dallas. Now yeah, there know? was some, some uh, that was mitigating factors. Well, it, it was, but you know, I remember Oscar telling me that Kellen sat down and said, I've lost the joy in soccer. I've lost <laughs> it. I don't want to do this anymore. And they were like, okay. Yeah. So, you know, granted he had off field things too. And for all I know, Evan might as well. I have no idea. I don't know Evan enough to know that, you know, I, so, um, he was looking for a fresh apparently. So, and LA called and all that's combined all into all those moves happening. Eric Tillish is next on the list with this question. What is the long-term solution partner with Tafari at center back to solidify the back line for a long-term and is there a long-term solution to the six? Well, in my opinion, there isn't a long-term solution at center back on the roster. Uh, they'll have to go out and get one somewhere. Um, there are some guys that have some potential, potentially, but right not that are going to be useful within the next year or two. And, you know, how long you can plan ahead as a coach who get fired if you don't win enough games is a good question. The six, we'll have to find out. The six, we don't know. The two new guys are too hard to. We haven't seen them. I can't answer that question. So the answer really on both of those situations is either either no or we don't know. Not okay. a lot of good info there. Sorry. No problem. Uh, Jason Scott took great liberties with your offer to answer questions, Buzz, as he dropped not one, not two, not three, yeah. but oh, four boy. questions. He went ham. Yeah. He did. So, uh, Jason, you have used up all your, your bits. Uh, how can Dallas – better compete in a league that seemingly emphasizes marquee teams like LA, New York, and Miami? Well, the answer is uh, you have to just be really smart. You have to sign and discover players. uh, Well, you have to buy low and sell high. You have to keep some of your home grums that you develop. You can't sell them all. You have to find more Bernie Kamun goes. You have to be able to get, essentially you have to be able to get the equivalent amount of talent without spending crazy big New York LA money. That really is it. And part of that is managing the cap better. They haven't done a good enough answer, uh, been good enough with the, with the contracts in terms of the cap. So, you know, the beyond that, all you can do is try and raise the profile of your club by being excellent in lots of ways, you know, having terrific facilities, having reputation for being a place people want to be. You know, it's the Mark Cuban thing where he said that I can't compete with LA and New York. So I have to make my thing excellent across the board. 
you know, that's what you got to do if you want to compete in a league like this. So I'm not I sure they've got the answer. I think they've got to figure out their identity. You know, FC Dallas was all about the academy and making stars. And that was kind of, a, a, you know, a, a success story, even if it was a relative success story. You know, do they want to, you know, do you, re, you know, do you double down on the academy, reinvest in it, bring re, new coaches in, increase the, the catchment, the, the recruitment. Do you want to kind of go with that whole, hey, let, let's kind of buy low, sell high, and maybe it's maybe it's guys like Kamungo or, or Velasco. Maybe it's repackaging damaged goods, kind of bringing in Ariolo at a time when he was coming off injured an injured season. If at the end of last season they turned around and traded him for big money, FC Dallas would have looked like the best in the business. Um you know, six months of maybe not so much, or like Miami is doing. Do you do you kind of turn into that model of let's go out and buy stars? We know the hunts aren't going to do that. Uh, Jason's second question is: Are there any lessons that Dallas can learn and apply from the sudden rise of Miami? Yeah, not really. <laughs> no. um, it's too contrarian to the way uh, the hunts operate. Um, you know, they still, they still remember, uh, the failure of the North American soccer league and what killed it. And so they won't, they're not going to ex- do an overextension like the cosmos did. And like Miami is doing, you know, because if, if you don't have your entire league survive, then what good is a super club if there's nobody to play? So their priority is survival. And this league is not robust enough yet to survive hundred percent. There's still teams that don't make money. This is not. A, a done deal by any stretch that we don't have a pyramid in the United States. The, this league does not sit atop a pyramid. This league is hung up on the wall, like a poster by rich people and everything else hangs off of it like a rack. So um, you still have to make the league survive. And so the hunts will not, there's nothing the hunts can learn from the Miami. It's, it's really hard because Miami is such a unique situation. You know, it's, it, they've got Messi. Everybody wants to play with Messi. You could probably poll half the players in the league and they'd say, yeah, I'd take a massive pay cut to play with the greatest player to ever put on a pair of boots. Maybe even play for free. You know, add to that, it's a fashionable club in, in every sense. It's a destination city. They've got brand new facilities. They've kind of got everything going for them. Whereas, you know, Toyota Stadium's great, but it's 25, you know, it's uh, nearly 20 years old and there's some stuff that kind of needs doing to it. The training ground's great, but you've got to get, get changed in those North dressing rooms with the smell of 20-year-old funky water um, hanging around. It's it's hot as hell in the summers. It's not uh, it's not a city that everyone wants to live in. And then, you know, you the, the big one is you don't have somebody like a Messi or a David Beckham, someone that everybody just wants to be around. Okay, Jason's third question is, what does the Dallas ceiling look like with an ownership group that would spend, invest in the club? Well, they do invest in the club. They just don't spend on players. Those two things are different. You know, they built a, a, a training facility that's second to none. They're, every year they spend more money on that thing, on, um, they, you know, they're partnering with a, an indoor facility and rehab facilities and all these kinds of things. You know, they built this academy that's just massive and produces players every year. You know, there's an investment. There's just not a spend in Messi. So, 
I think what you're asking though is if, if you had a t- an ownership that would spend on players, what's the high point of what this club can do in this market? And I actually don't know that it's. Uh, I mean, it's pretty good. You could get about as good as you could get in this league because this is a major market, but you can't get what LA and New York can get and probably can't get what Miami can get. Cause that's as of all the reasons Dan just mentioned, um, there's, this is a fair weather town. You're never going to surpass the Cowboys. And as all the other teams in this town have pr- pr- proven, if you can field a winner, win a couple, when you win a trophy, when you win a championship, when you win some really strong seasons, this town will turn out. Yeah. But they don't turn out in the downtimes for those other teams like they do the Cowboys. So, you know, that's the thing. Like, if you can compete on the field, you know, so it's it's less – it would be, in my opinion, it would be less about a Messi type – well, Messi's transcendent. That doesn't count. Um, you know, a Neymar or a, a Vela. You know, those kinds of guys are not going to pull 50000 in Dallas. But if you consistently field a winning team all the time – and compete for championships and win a couple of championships, you would have Toyota Stadium sold out every week easily. Okay. And uh, Jason's fourth question, and this will be the last one for this uh, part one of our Q&A session, uh, harkens back to something I was uh, discussing earlier, which is do you envision Dallas returning to Dallas at some point in the next decade he's specific about and how much of an advantage for the city of Frisco is Toyota Stadium and the entire soccer complex? Uh, I don't see them going back to Dallas this decade. Um, I think they would need a consistent have a, have to have a consistent need for a 50 to 70 K stadium before you could get the city of Dallas to be interested in, in doing something for you. The city of Dallas also historically is not interested in anything in terms of building stadiums. We've seen that, you know, uh, renovate the cotton bowl maybe, but that's going to be about it. Um, if you want to talk about Arlington, maybe that's a different question. Uh, but the value to this, to the city of Frisco is massive. Um, and it's as much about those fields as it is about the Toyota stadium. Obviously FC Dallas generates revenue from the city from bringing all those people in, but even more so, it's those tournaments that they hold out in the complex and the soccer games every single weekend, bringing in, you know, loads and loads and loads of people that are staying in hotels and they're eating at those restaurants. You know, it's every weekend packing those fields out and with tournaments and events and all all year round. That's the economic massive value that 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 facility produces mm-hmm. for the city. Oh. I mean, you look historically. Uh, Frisco builds itself a sports city USA, and that all started with with bringing FC Dallas to Frisco. Yeah, and the the, Ford, the star and all the Ford whatever's there, and the PGA thing, and the the Rough Riders, uh, and the, the, there's other things they're already talking to and bringing to and negotiating for to be in that general area. Um, it's it's a massive, massive. You know that the identity of Frisco is all those things, and FC Dallas is included in that. The FC Dallas is a big part of. You know, what, what did the Academy won something the other day? And they were like, they, it was FC Dallas Academy Day in the city. And I was like, wow, that's. Well, I mean, they used to do Red Friday Frisco. Yeah. Uh, where all, all the city employees, the school districts, everything were, were FC Dallas themed. It's, it's been a massive partner for over for them over time. And just in, as, a, as an event space, like I saw um, the other day, they're going to do a, a Pride event in October. They're doing it in Toyota Stadium. You know, that that is that they've had Jimmy Buffett off the rails, Edge Fest, all that, you know, all that stuff that's brought eyes on Frisco when otherwise it's just a little small town off a, off a tollway at some time outside of Dallas. 
Uh, I saw on the news after Messi was in town that they estimated that the impact financially to Frisco was north of $3 million. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's pretty nice. Yeah, for one night. Hell yeah. 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 Um, I mean, think about even internationally, like Dallas Cup coming in there, you know, as you see just massive amounts of traffic and influx of people and revenues. And, you know, and and every time we ever do, there's some big major tournament up there, people – want to talk about the you know oh we can do this we can do that you know it's people love that facility it's amazing yeah we we talk you know a lot of people always discuss about the advantages that Dallas would have if they were back in Dallas proper but it it and while that seems like a really neat and nifty and romantic idea it's practically not uh it's it's not practical and for so many reasons including where are you going to find the land to do it how much would the land cost what would it cost to build a facility um, and all of those things that go along with it along with some of the realities that have happened in the 15 years since that stadium has been built including what the population actually looks like directly within a 10 20 30 mile radius of that stadium Um, you know if you've I've looked at the data. It's not really any different. I mean, the numbers are bigger, but the but the substantive data isn't really that much different. And in fact, if you're trying to find people with money uh, and willingness to spend money on things like this, Frisco's actually a better location. It may not be the most convenient to everybody, but yeah. it does have its advantages that I don't think a lot of people realize. And it's all borne out by the fact that everything's moved up there. I mean, yeah. I mean, look at all the stuff that has occurred and been built and has decided to go up there in the time since uh, uh, the Toyota Stadium's been built. It's crazy. Yeah, I think I think people underestimate the amount of um, people you need around the stadium in order to fill the stadium up. You know, you, you, of course, in terms of rating and Jersey, you want to be the team of Dallas. You want to have the whole Metroplex buy in as your team, like they do with the Cowboys, like they do with the Rangers, all that stuff. But in terms of like putting 20,000 people in seats, there's man, there's a way more people up in that area than you need to put 20,000 people in that stadium. Yeah. You know, you can fill up a 20,000 feet stadium with a high school if you do it right. And, and I think this, this season, full credit to FC Dallas, this season, they're getting close to, getting a above uh, an over under of half the games sold out. You know, it's not that far off from being every game sold out there, you know, over the next year or two. Uh, the messy game really proved out a, a, a hypothesis that I had posed to people that always thought it was a location issue and not a product issue. And I always used to make this joke of if the best Barcelona, Messi Barcelona team was playing up in Frisco, you'd walk up the tollway to the go yeah. to every single game. Um, and lo and behold, Messi comes to play for Miami in a game, and that place is as full as it's ever been before. It's a product issue, not a location issue. Oh, even the staffers that I've talked to about that game were like, it, it was like nothing we've ever seen. It was so different. You know, and that's just goes to show you what, you know, you don't even need a messy to get that. No, you know, mm-hmm. you can, there's something in between. And I think if you, you know, if you could get your team where you could be consistently, I mean, they are as consistently in the playoffs, but that's not the same as being consistent winners, like competing for stuff. If you can win a title or two and get yourself into those conversations, I think it would make another leap forward, you know, uh, slow and steady. That's the hunt way. And so I don't think they're wrong about that necessarily, even if it's not sexy. Well, uh, I don't know. Hopefully someday we'll get, hopefully we'll have another night like that sometime soon. That was a lot of fun. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, great if, 
If they get messy to come back here someday, it would be amazing. Um, I noticed somebody was saying the other uh, today that I guess there's a new um, deal out for tickets or something, and the the ticket deal does not include um, either the opening game of the season or the off chance that Miami gets scheduled in Dallas <laughs> oh, in a regular season game. That was uh, that was Orlando. That was oh oh that was Orlando that wasn't so, Dallas okay yeah so the, one of their perks on season tickets next year is um, having the club pay for your away tickets. Ah, I'm totally misread any that. team's home opener or the Miami game. Mm, fascinating. Well, that's exciting to see them doing uh, road tickets. I think Sporting Kansas City does that too. Yeah, um, they've always. Did you? That. Did yeah. you guys? By the way, you know, met today was the day that Messi had his big press conference, and I just yeah. can't imagine <laughs> all of the people that just completely uh, were defeated when Messi said, "Yeah, I'll play on turf. I've played on turf a bunch in yeah. my life. I haven't done it lately, but it's no big deal to me. Of course, I'll play oh, did on he turf." Say that? Yeah, he totally. Oh, well. All I saw was the thing about Dallas was really welcoming to him. I didn't. Say the whole. That was nice. Yeah, he said something very nice about being feeling welcomed in Dallas. But somebody asked him if he'd play on turf, and he was like, he seemed totally incredulous about it. He was like, Yeah, I grew I grew up playing on turf. I've played yeah. on it a bunch. It's no big deal. It's exact fine. answer that Pax and Pomacall had, by the way. Yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Well, I mean, yes, it's it's, it's kind of hard because you've you know we're we're only a few years removed from Thierry Henry actively sitting out every single game on turf because he was like, no, I'm not screwing up my knees on that. Yeah. Well, crazy. Uh, all right. Well, that was a lot of fun. We'll get to, um, let's see, who do we have? We've got Fritz questions. Yeah. We got questions from Joseph and Mark and Jeff and Tavo. Pappy check is uh, went crazy. <laughs> he's had a bunch of effing questions. Yeah. So we'll get to all every. If your question did not get answered, uh, don't worry, don't fret. It'll come up in the uh, next episode. Yeah, we have about a third of the questions left, and next week, uh, hopefully, I'll have seen the new guys per- trained by then. We'll have a preview of the Austin game coming up. You know, maybe there'll be another news item or two. So we'll, we'll save, and you know, we're already in an hour, so it'll be, we'll save that chunk of maybe another fifteen questions or so, and it'll fill up nicely. Okay. Very good. Uh, anything else that we need to discuss before we go? Justin Chaig finding himself yeah. in the hinterlands of Northern Europe. Yeah, loaned down to the USL Championship, basically. Uh, what's yeah. that saying? Be careful what you wish for? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, what was the one somebody t- posted today about um, when God wants to punish you, he answers your prayers, <laughs> dreams or something, yeah, something was, like that? Uh, it was the yeah. great El Jefe, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, since there's no FC Dallas game, go watch North Texas play. They're playing Saturday. Go watch that. Okay. Yeah, it's good soccer, man. Maybe not FC Dallas, but it's good. Sage advice. Uh, yep. Dan, thank you, sir. Thank you very much. You're good answer of questions by the way yay (laughs) (laughs) oh and and per request it's cheeseburger oh Mm. yes damn i totally forgot wait wait, hold on let's let's make sure we get a clean one of this uh dan would you please say the word for all the listeners excellent that's not that's not a safe word for anyone that's 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 a request (laughs) it was let's get that clear I forgot what part conversation that was born out of in the Discord. Something about pronouncing things. Uh, it was the uh, it was the notion that Americans should not say the word wanker. Right. Because we say it weird. <laughs> yeah. 
We pronounce the R apparently. Wanker. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds wanker. Awful. Yeah, now you just sound like Dick Australian. Van Dyke and... <laughs> oh, that too. Yeah. Get out, you wanker! <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, yeah, try absolutely. But everybody was fascinated by your pronunciation of a great American meal. I've just been asked that several times over the last decade. Like, hey, so cheeseburger. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, there you go. There's Dan Cheeseburger Crook for you. And Buzz, thank you. Hey, Buzz, we're glad yeah. that you're all the way back home. You, dr- you made it hey, back thanks. from uh, the yeah. walkabout with the wife and the t- trailer camper set up. And yeah. Any, and you got any crazy stories from that adventure you'd like to share? Uh, it was 43 degrees where I was. How's that? That's okay. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. I, the, I really enjoyed the couple days I spent in the Tetons. That was pretty awesome. You know, all right. The lake was nice. It was all good. Bit of a refresh. Did you go for a skinny dip? Uh, no, there's people around. Oh, okay. But my, my variance was 113 crossing Texas and 43 near the Tetons. So that was, wow. it's a lot of variance. And how many miles did you put on the truck? Uh, 5,000 something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. awesome. Good for you. Yeah. Did you get me something from a truck stop? Uh, I didn't know I was supposed to, but I can. Soccer shorts. Next time. From a truck shop. Yeah, I don't, they don't have soccer shorts. <laughs> All right. Uh, Third Degree, the podcast has been brought to you by Soccer90.com, your ultimate destination for FC Dallas, North Texas Soccer Club, and all the European gear you could possibly imagine. Browse it all. They got it all. Premier League, Bundesliga, La Liga, Serie A. Listeners to the Third Degree get 20% off at checkout when you use the code Third Degree. Some exclusions do apply. Thank you to you both. Uh, thank you, FC Dallas Curious Fan. We'll speak to you next week on part two of Q&A on another episode of Third Degree, the podcast. Must totally skinny dipped. Third Degree, the Third Degree Nair Podcast. Third Degree, the Third Degree Nair Podcast. Third Degree, the Third Degree Nair Podcast. Third Degree, the Third Degree Nair Podcast.